I was grateful that Maria sat with me for an Orange Socks interview. Maria is currently pregnant with a little girl with trisomy 18, or Edwards syndrome, and is scheduled for delivery in three weeks. Maria received this diagnosis at her 10-week prenatal checkup. Despite being strongly encouraged to abort her baby, Maria has marshaled on. In fact, she moved to another state and community where all the available medical professionals can be on hand for the delivery. So, Maria, tell me, when did you find out that, that you were carrying a child that had some issues? At 10 weeks of conception. Okay, tell me about that. Well, I uh, was prompted to do cell DNA testing because of my age, and um, I, I did that. The same day I went to see the high-risk doctor because of my age, I got the call that I needed to come into the office because my test results were in. And she saw me immediately and let me know what they were looking for and that I had tested positive for something called trisomy 18, which is a chromosomal abnormality. It's genetic, it happens at conception, I was told, and there's nothing they can do to reverse it, to fix it, to help it. They don't even know if it was something that came from mom, dad, it just happens. Nothing I did or didn't do, take or didn't take, it's just one of those things that happens. One in every 5,000 women are diagnosed with this, and um, I was one of the 5,000. What were your thoughts about this when, when you got the diagnosis? How did you feel? Well, first, what is it, <laughs> you know, and uh, what does that mean? I, I was asked if I wanted to know the sex. I said yes. I knew then that I was having a girl, so I said, okay, so what does this mean for my daughter? And I was told at that time that this disease was um, incompatible with life that typically women miscarry because our bodies don't do well with adjusting to chromosomal issues. So if I was lucky enough to make it past my uh, 13th week, that the baby I was carrying would more than likely be stillborn at second trimester or third. And that because of my age, she really encouraged that if I wanted to have any more children, that I terminate because longevity, there was none. There was really no hope for her, uh, is what I was being told. So I, uh, Immediately, you know, she said, well, I said, well, what are, the, what are the statistics, like the numbers? How accurate is your test? Well, there's, it's 98% accurate. I said, okay, so there's still 2% that you could be wrong. <laughs> so I questioned everything, uh, the validity, you know, of the test, uh, you know, where did it come from and how long have they been using it? I just needed to know, you know, who came up with this test? So she gave me all of the answers. It had been used in Europe for many, many years, but it used to be very expensive, $10,000 to take this test and now it was being offered in the United States and last couple of years is when they started doing it so I said okay you know at that point um, I just had to process that okay she's got this genetic disorder now what so she prompted that I do an amniocentesis to confirm and at that point they'd be able to pinpoint more so what organs would be affected and they would really be able to say 100% she has trisomy 18. I declined because I knew that with doing the um, amniocentesis, I would be risking going into preterm labor. I already figured that, well, with these odds, you know, one in 5,000, I was told that one in every 1,000 women goes into preterm labor. Well, I've already beat some pretty high odds, so I said no. And, you know, for months and months, it was just being prompted to have an amniocentesis, and I finally just had to say enough. No, I'm not doing that to my daughter. She has a beating heart. As long as that heart's beating, no. And uh, so I just continued to fight for that, you know, that she has a heart that's beating and it was always within normal range. So to me, that was my God telling me the fight was just beginning. 
and now you are about to deliver. I in, am. In, in just a matter of a week or two, right? right. Or three weeks. Three so weeks. I, uh, Saturday, tomorrow, I will be 36 weeks. You know, part of the story is I was, um, every doctor's appointment I went to in that state that I reside in, you know, uh, we don't have major medical, no, there isn't a NICU unit, and so I would ask all the obvious questions, you know, should I be somewhere where there's a NICU unit? Should I be somewhere where there's major medical? And what will we do if my daughter's in distress? Will we do a C-section? You know, there was never any hope Hope offered. Nothing other than you're prolonging the inevitable and uh, we're just going to let it take its course, you know, is the attitude. I was given a story about another woman that was Catholic, like myself, that went 32 weeks and the baby was stillborn. So never again was there any hope for her life, though she had a beating heart. She continued to grow. She's growing. She weighs five pounds, two ounces today. Her heart was at 144 this Wednesday. She's still fighting. She's fighting. She's not stillborn, and I didn't miscarry, you know, and um, I've had to be her biggest advocate. You know, this uh, diagnosis is looked down upon, is hopeless. You know, uh, the medical community, for the most part, doesn't look at her as a person. They look at her as a diagnosis, and I'm fighting some pretty big odds, according to them, which is what prompted me to start looking elsewhere, to get out of that town and to start fighting the bigger fight. Okay, who's gonna listen to me? Who will do everything possible to help me get better care, better testing, you know, to prepare for her life, regardless of what that looks like? You know, I'm aware that I may only get 15 minutes. I'm aware that it may be an hour, maybe days, it may be weeks. I was told that if she makes it past the delivery, that she won't make it to a year, that these babies typically don't make it to a year. So I've done as suggested. It was suggested that I join their palliative care program here, and um, I've had to prepare. So you moved out of state to, to, come, to come to where you are now. I am now. I got here uh, 12 days ago. Yes, I'm here because this is where they were willing to fight for her. This is where the doctors were willing to open doors for me. At this point, you know, after my first trimester, I found it at 10 weeks, and it was now I'm 12 weeks and I'm not getting anything positive. So I started making my own phone calls to doctor's offices, to insurance companies. What will they pay for? What will they not pay for? What requires an authorization? What can I just show up and say, hi, here's my insurance information. Um, will you see me? And it took many phone calls, a lot of research to find high-risk doctors. And I did a lot of praying that God would open a door for me somewhere else, you know? Because when I would ask, well, what, what if I go full term? And, and she's in distress. Will you do a C, an emergency C-section? I was told no. No, we would probably just let it take its course. You know, and I just couldn't live with that. Could not live with that. So you're gonna let my baby die? You're not even gonna try? And it wasn't until I found a doctor here that agreed to see me once a month. And he said, as long as you're seeing your doctor there every other week to check her heart, I agreed to that. And I started traveling. You know, so I asked the doctor here, what would I do if I go into preterm labor? What should I, what, what does this doctor need to do there? They need to get you somewhere where there's major medical because of your wishes for baby serenity. Okay. And I said, so I went back and took that to her. Okay, this is what the doctor suggests. Well, you need to consider that if you do go into labor and we can't stop it, and you know, having a C-section is major surgery, and you know, putting yourself through that surgery for a baby that's not gonna make it is a lot on your body. So that was pitched to me and I thought, that's okay, I'll go through it, whatever it takes. Okay, well, if you deliver her and she is in distress and we have to airlift her, you won't be able to go with her. And a baby with trisomy 18 will not survive. 
before 39 weeks. So you need to consider, do you want her airlifted? You won't be able to go until you're better and you get there, which is three and a half hours away by car. That's time you could have spent with her. You need to really consider keeping her here with you. Again, to let her pass. So, you know, all those reasons told me, no, get out of this town and go somewhere else, fight somewhere else, which is what led me here. And so, and you all, and you have that all here in the event that they have to do a C-section or whatever, they, whatever needs to be, yeah. you can do it. You have all the medical facilities around you to, to accomplish your wishes. Correct. So that's admirable for you that you, you've advocated for your daughter to that degree, good for you. We can't gaze into the future. We don't know what's going to happen and, and you're prepared for a short time with her. Maybe you're even prepared that she doesn't even make it, I, I don't know, but and and prepared for that maybe she lives for who knows how long. So okay. it's tough to prepare for that future. What's your biggest fear? Truthfully that um Medically, somebody else will make a decision for me that I don't agree with, that I may make the wrong decision. You know, um, I ask God daily to please show me, give me clarity when it's no longer about her and it's about me. If it comes down to the fight where she's just not thriving and she's just suffering, you know that I would um, know when to say enough is enough and to let my daughter go, if that's what it comes down to. What's your biggest hope? That God will give me a miracle that he'll give me time with her. If I were to come to you just finding out that I had the same sort of diagnosis with a child at 10 weeks, not sure what to do, what advice would you give me? The advice I would give you is uh, to fight. Fight for your baby, no matter what. No disrespect to the medical community. However, they are practitioners. They are practicing medicine. They are not God. And my God tells me that he has the final say. I would just say, fight, no matter what. Ask questions. There isn't a silly question. Ask questions, and if in your heart and in your gut you feel that you're not getting the answers that you need for your child's life, and that baby has a beating heart, then you make another phone call. And if they don't pick up, you make another phone call. And if they don't call back, call back again. Don't give up, you know, don't quit. People get busy, life happens, you know, even at a doctor's office. If you can get past the receptionist to hear you out, hear your story, get to the manager of that office, explain your situation, ask for copies of your test results and start faxing away, start emailing away, whatever you've got to do to get somebody else to take a look at those test results. You know, and if you have the resources, if you have a way, if you don't, ask God how, how, how am I going to make this possible? Because I've never asked God why. I've always asked how, how, how am I going to do this? Just how, God. It seems like you've experienced some miracles already with this, because you're here. Absolutely. In a different place with all the things that you would hope for medically uh, to help your daughter. Correct. I mean, I've, we're doing ultrasounds, 4D ultrasounds. Uh, she has congenital heart disease we know of. She already has a cardiologist. You know, these, I, I see a genetic counselor. My lab work specifically said, I read it, genetic counseling recommended. Never once was it offered. I sought that myself. And it was there in those nice little notes. I only got the first page. Asked for all the pages. That's all that was given to me. This is all you need. Well, there were seven pages. Asked for everything, you know, and it may not make sense to you, but it'll make sense to somebody else. <laughs> and look for those notes. <laughs> look for those notes there that say otherwise. Maria, thank you. 
Thank you for taking the time to talk with me. This is an anxious time. We're not sure what's going to happen in the next handful of weeks. Right. Just two, three weeks at the most, right? Then you'll, then you'll have a baby. I will. So that's a wonderful thing. Any final remarks that you'd like to make? I would just, you know, like to thank you for the opportunity for allowing me to share my life, my experience, for being part of my journey. You know, it's definitely uh, been a challenging time, but I don't regret any of it. You know, there isn't a day that goes by that I have a regret or a thought of maybe I shouldn't have done this. On the contrary, I feel her moving. I feel her hiccuping. She's my daughter and, and she has a name. Her name's Serenity Grace. You know, she's a person. And this little life inside of me is still fighting. You know, and I would just say that there are absolutely no regrets. It's been hard, but there are absolutely no regrets. Thank you.